Hey y'all, welcome back to In Vivo. It's Jasmine and I'm so glad you decided to tune into this episode. This episode, we're going to be talking about a couple things. We're going to be talking about social distancing. We're going to be talking about um, how to manage being home since transitioning from being in college to home. And I know this is a tough reality for us to face right now as college has been basically canceled and we have to go transition to online school and, you know, internships are getting canceled left and right. So a lot of us are going to basically be stuck at home for the remainder of semester and the remainder of the summer. So I hope everyone has been managing well. I just want to be able to come on here and give um, tips and tricks as well as advice for people that are going through being home and not having the best time transitioning because this was very sudden. No one saw this coming at all. And the fact that we've had to go through this is kind of sad, but it's to help, you know, make sure that the virus doesn't spread as much as it could if we weren't distancing ourselves. And that is also really rough too, to hear every day um, what's going on as far as mortality rates and how it's spreading. But, you know, all we have to do is pray and hope and affirm that change will come and that we will be back, you know, to our normal lives. So today we're going to have a couple things. Like I said, we're going to talk about the social distancing and all that because really right now the only thing people are focused on is coronavirus and rightfully so. Like that's the biggest thing going on right now. So we're going to talk about it. Like I said before in the last episode, um, this is something we're going to talk about all the time, y'all. I'm sorry, but it's what's going on currently and I want to be able to use this platform in order to inform um, as well as educate and make sure that we can have a key and good time because, you know, a lot of things in our reality is going on. So I want to make sure this platform is kind of a break from that, but I still want you all to know what's going on and I want you all to know the correct and accurate information because all I've seen really thus far is a whole bunch of um, misinformation or exaggerated information and as far as the spring break thing goes I did take a break rightfully so I know I said in the episode with my sister that I was not but just the transition and being home was just a lot for me and I just need to take a break so I'm sorry you all but I'm glad I'm here to give you all an episode and from now on there should be an episode every week but bear with me as I am also transitioning to online school as well and I'm moving, so it's I'm moving, transitioning to online school. It's a lot. <laughs> so just bear with me. Thank y'all. So yeah, we're going to have the same old um, outline of the episode. We're going to have a word of the week. We're going to have uh, a what's new. We're going to also have the discussion topic. So the discussion topic for today is going to be social distancing. How can we handle it? How can you manage your stress at home? And the do's and don'ts of online schooling. Okay, so that will be it i believe oh and also um uh they snapped today's word of the week is antibody or antibody which are also known as immunoglobulins and they are y-shaped proteins that are produced by the immune system to help stop intruders from harming the body and when an intruder enters the body the immune system springs into action these intruders which are also called antigens can be viruses bacteria or other chemicals so the reason why I decided to make the antibody the word of the week is because of coronavirus. And right now it's a 
hustle to create a vaccine and get it out on the market to help mitigate the virus. And antibodies are key in that because if you have the antibody, which are produced by the immune system, when the virus is entered into you, you want to be able to um, increase the uptake of these antibodies and increase the production um, production of the antibody in order to rid of the virus. And these are powerful research tools because they can um, bind specifically to a unique epitope on the antigen. And this allows detection of a specific protein in an assay while avoiding detection of others. So this is great. And I also have been seeing papers, um, articles even, on using plasmapheresis to um, mitigate the spread of coronavirus. And what plasmapheresis would do was take the plasma of someone who has been recovered from coronavirus and interact into a person that is currently suffering, which could um, speed up the process as it would allow the immune system to upregulate the specific antibody, which can kill off the antigen, which is the coronavirus. So that is the word of the week, and we'll be moving on to what's new. It's what's new. I'm going to speak on a remark that Trump made. So I try not to talk about politics too much on here just because I try to do this or use this platform as a way to escape, um, you know, and have this be a bipartisan um, environment for people to listen to. Because I don't know about y'all, but I cannot listen to the news or watch the news anymore because it's just too much. It's a lot of games being played right now, especially with coronavirus. So I want this to also be a place where people can escape from that. But this is a specific remark he made, he made to science. So he ended up tweeting last Saturday, um, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin taken together have a real chance to be one of the biggest game changers in the history of medicine and could recover coronavirus. So he made that claim and he also went ahead and he didn't cite the the paper. He just um, said the journal, which he found this from. And he was also saying how there was trials in France and clinical trials being done in other places in China that said that they recovered from coronavirus with taking these two drugs. And this is um, kind of destruct- destructive to... Um, people that actually take these drugs for the actual reason why they're taking them and also people that are just looking for anything to recover. This is not okay. You want to be able to have real professionals speak on real results, not just a president who barely read the news or barely, barely read the article or the paper on what he's talking about. So basically, there was one study done in France um, found that patients who took the drug alone, which was hydroxychloroquine, along with an antibiotic, cleared the virus from their bodies a little bit more quickly. And there was also a study that tested the drug in a randomized controlled trial in China. They did not find a difference in recovery rates, but it only um, involved a small group of patients. In the France trial, they only had around 36 patients, and out of the 36 patients, 29 of them um, found that they took the drug hydroxy um, hydroxychloroquine um, saw a rate difference in the recovery for coronavirus, but there's a lot of reasons why doctors are hoping that the hydroxychloroquine can, can treat the coronavirus because the drug has already been approved by the FDA, and you know it treats other things like malaria and autoimmune diseases like lupus. And there are relatively cheap um, and generic versions of the drug available. 
But this is not okay because there are people right now who are actually using the drug hydroxychloroquine to treat their lupus and to treat um, their arthritis and malaria. And they're having a hard time getting the drug because now there's a whole bunch of people trying to get the same drug. So some pharmaceutical companies have actually stopped giving out prescriptions of the drug because of the recent um, upregulation of people trying to receive it due to Trump's remarks. And it's very dangerous to make it a remark like that because it's very premature evidence. There hasn't been a large scale trial. There are clinical trials underway, but they haven't happened yet. And this is the reason why people have many trials um, besides preclinical and also different phases of clinical trials to make a combination drug go out into the market. You cannot make a claim like that because there's many side effects that can go along with that. You don't know how it will react in your body. And I have a little bit of experience in the making of a combination drug because actually my project at U of M, and I mention U of M all the time, but my project at U of M was an actual combination drug that was being created and was in the preclinical trials. And there's so much you need to make sure of when you have a combination drug. You need to be make, making sure of efficacy. You need to be making sure of synergy, which is meaning that the drugs combined make a bigger difference than the drugs alone and that you can have a smaller um, dosage of the drugs combined rather than the drugs on their own. It's a lot that goes on with saying that taking two drugs at a time will help you recover. It's just very dangerous, and I hope that there is um, people out there that will actually research this to make sure this is true, because you can't make such a dangerous claim like that, because a lot of people who are you know, unknowingly ignorant to the topic will go ahead and buy it and don't know how it will affect them. So hopefully um, there are people, like I said, that are going to actually research this, provide um, more large scale trials to see that this is true. And this, along with making sure that there are factual information out there, will help mitigate the spread of coronavirus. So it's great to have another way as well as the vaccine to be used as different treatments for coronavirus. So I think it's a good thing, but you just can't go making a claim like that. Um, so arrogantly because he has a big platform and you, when you have a big platform like that, especially with some constituents who do not care to read ahead, um, it can really hurt a lot of people in the long run. So that's really all I have to say about that. And I think we're going to go ahead and stop there and move on to what's new in pop culture. So for today's pop culture news, we're going to be talking about what celebrities have been doing amid the crisis and their response to it. So earlier in the week, I saw a video of people, a group of celebrities singing Imagine by John Lennon. The person that posted it um, was named Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. I don't know who she is personally, but in the video, there were celebrities like Christian Wiig, um, Sia, Zoe Kravitz. Cara Delevingne and all these people singing this song and I was confused on the message and I was not the only one confused. A lot of people um, saw that it was kind of a mockery of them singing um, Imagine to show solidarity even though all these people 
are millionaires not to count their pockets but these people got money so it seems like a mockery when you all just post a video of y'all singing a, a messed up version of Imagine by John Lennon and think that's supposed to be okay I'm not saying they need to make sure that they show their paychecks and show that they're donating but maybe that's what I would have posted rather than all y'all making up an anthem um, of y'all singing this song I don't know how you all feel about it personally I thought it was kind of weird and there's other celebrities that did similar things like um, Priyanka Chopra she put out a video of her clapping to nothing uh, <laughs> to show solidarity to all the doctors and nurses that were working towards um, curing the people that had coronavirus and I thought that was a little weird as well just because like it kind of just seems like a mockery like who is really out here Doing that, y'all are really not showing that y'all are helping the cause and you all are more than capable to do that. I think Pharrell did the similar thing where he ended up putting out a link and saying, donate y'all, donate, they really need money. And people were calling him out like, um, sir, you the one that making money, you donate. And I think the reason why people are pushing for celebrities to give is because a lot of people are losing their jobs and are facing a lot when it comes to coronavirus. I know a lot of um, my peers have been kicked out of, you know, college and kind of have nowhere to go. And by April 1st, you don't know, a lot of people may be homeless. You know, people are receiving paychecks. The entertainment um, space and entertainment and tourism space, all those people that are working there are not working now. So it's just really difficult to have all these people being impacted and celebrities posting videos of them singing Imagine. <laughs> now, people um, put out a... Uh, um, like a funny mockery of it and a funny dupe and parody. So I know John Mayer did that. Zach Fox did that along with other celebrities like Quinta and other comedians um, ended up doing a mockery. <laughs> um, Zach Fox ended up getting him and his friends like Quinta um, to do Pretty Boy Swag, I think. No, 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 no. It was Juicy J in um, 3-6 Mafia. Um, with Slava My Knob, which was hilarious. I was dying laughing. But I guess it was just to show like this is a mockery. This is not helping anybody. And it was pretty funny. I know people that have donated. I know Britney Spears donated. I know Kylie Jenner donated. And that's really good because I know that right now there's a lack of medical supplies going on. There's people, like I said, that are losing their jobs, are not receiving paychecks, are being laid off. And it's crazy that people are going through this right now. But I think the last thing we need is a video of you all singing and not singing well, may I add. So that's what's going on in pop culture news. A lot of it has been targeted towards coronavirus. People are passing away. I know Tom Hanks got coronavirus. I think I may have talked about that last episode. But yeah, it's a lot going on right now. So like I said, stay safe. And for the next topic, we're going to talk about um, social distancing and ways to um, transition from college to online school. And on that note, let's take a break. Hey guys, welcome back from the break. So the song that you just heard is Loyal by Party Next Door. And the reason why I put it is because he just released his album. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will this weekend and we'll talk about it next um episode. But I love Party Next Door. I've been a fan since P and D 
one, y'all. And if y'all don't know who Perry Next Door is, he's essentially a singer-songwriter from Canada. Um, he's worked with Drake, and he's a part of the OVO gang or whatever. So, yeah, he's great. I love him, and I'm glad that he ended up putting out some work. And he also has a song with Rihanna. And if y'all know, Rihanna has been MIA and has been in her Avon bag, okay? She's out here releasing everything from lingerie to makeup. She has not been worried about no music. So it's, like, refreshing to see her on a song. But from what I heard, she only does a chorus or background vocals. But that's still something, okay? She gave us something. We got to be happy that she gave us that <laughs> so now we're going to talk about social distancing and ways to transition so social distancing has been very hard for me i don't know about y'all but when you go from being with people every day to having to not only move but be in your house and not go anywhere has been difficult but i know it's for the safety of myself and my family and for others so social distancing you all know is making sure that you're in the house if you are around people making sure you're no more than 10 people than, uh, that are around you. And that can be very hard because you're basically isolated and it is self-isolation. I think the key thing is, is that you got to change your mindset. I know a lot of times when I talk to you all, I always say, change your mindset, change your mindset. But it's really key to making sure that you stay mentally okay. Because if you think of it as a quarantine, it starts to be more negative than being seen in a positive light. If you see your isolation has, hey, I'm helping others out. I'm saving myself by isolating myself and making sure that I'm not around that many people. You may have a better outlook on life. And I know right now that's kind of what I've been trying to do is just see it more as a positive rather than a negative. It is hard, though, with the cancellation of internship, the cancellation of trips, and the cancellation of our spring semester is very difficult to think like that. But I think the key thing is for us is just make sure that if we isolate, we know that there's always is going to be a time where we do not have to isolate anymore. Look at the light at the end of the tunnel. And for transitioning to online school, it is very difficult. Um, I have a couple tips um, on what to do since being home to make sure that you're going to do well in school in an online fashion. So the first thing is make sure you use your planner. It is very, very difficult for people to make sure and stay track of what's due and the assignments they have to do. So if you have a planner and write down everything, it'll probably help you a little bit more when it comes to making sure you're on top of your assignments. I use a planner already, but I really did not use it as much in college just because I did have people... Um, making sure that I was on top of my stuff and I also got to see my teacher every day. So that, you know, plays a big difference. But if you don't have that, making sure your planner is always with you and making sure that you're right in it will do you a good service. The next tip is making sure that you have an accountability partner. So accountability partner is basically someone that'll check up on you every day and will either FaceTime you, text you, call you, and just make sure that you're on top of your stuff. And that could be your friend, that could be someone that has a lot of classes with you, that could be anybody, but just someone that'll make sure that you are on top of your stuff and will make sure to call you and text you every day. It's great to have one of these because it'll remind you, oh yeah, you're right, I do need to study. 
oh yeah, we do have that thing due in class. And just to have a friend checking up on you will probably help you out a lot to make sure that you're not in this alone. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this is that it's not just you going through this. The whole country is going through this. Essentially, everyone has been told to self-isolate. Now it's up to them whether to follow that or not. But essentially, everybody's been told to self-isolate. So to know that you all are in the same boat and checking up on each other will help you in the long run. And I think the last thing I want to say is, or the last tip I want to give, is make sure you have an area that is your study area. So in the process of me moving, I don't have that just yet. So it's been super hard for me to adjust and make sure I have an area that I know this is where I study in. Right now, I've been transitioning from my couch to my bed. And it's the same thing in college. I advise for you not to study in bed because that is where you sleep. And when you associate yourself with sleeping and having free time in an area, you may not take studying as serious. So making sure you have a place that has a desk, a chair, um, a chair that you can properly sit up on and having your computer or electronics there with you and just having a whole layout will help you take it a little bit more serious and act as if you are quote unquote in class or in your study, wherever you like to study the most. So that's like the three things I want to talk about as far as making your transition from college to online school better. And with that, we'll move on to They Snapped. So today's Day Snap is more special because it's our first male Day Snapped. And his name is Dr. Kahui Jaraza. So Dr. Jaraza is the first African-American to complete a PhD in neurobiology at Duke University. His research interests focus on using neural technology to understand how changes in the brain produce neurological and mental illness. He also obtained an MD from the Duke University School of Medicine, where he was subsequently appointed as assistant professor. His residency was in psychiatry, and he was also a product of the nationally renowned Meyerhoff program at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. He has served on the board of directors of the Student National Medical Association, and through his service, he has participated in numerous programs geared towards exposing youth to science and technology and providing health education for undeserved communities. He was awarded the One Mind Institute Rising Star Award, and his lab was featured on 60 Minutes in 2011. In 2016, he was awarded the Presidential Early Career Award for Scientists and Engineers. Kafui's ultimate goal is to combine his research, medical training, and community experience to improve outcomes for diverse communities suffering, suffering from neurological and psychiatric illnesses. So let's give it up for Dr. Jaraza. Thank you all for listening to this episode. And on that note, peace out, y'all.